Here's a really important question for us to consider together this morning. What do you think of when you hear the word stress? I really like that video because it reminds us that we're not alone. Isn't that true? Everybody has stress in their lives. And we're gonna talk about that this morning. Hey, would you take a look at this statement on your outline that says this. This series of messages, the new series called Begin a New Journey, is about taking a spiritual journey where you go from where you are to where God wants you to be. Now notice this next statement. God wants his children to get to a place where they trust him how much? Yeah, completely. In the 23rd Psalm, we find a number of ways that we can reduce stress and improve our mental, spiritual, and physical health by trusting God completely as our shepherd. Now, today as we talk about getting to a place where we trust God more, I want you to think about this. How much are you trusting God right now? On this Sunday morning, January the 13th, 2019, how much are you trusting God? Now, I'd like to do this. Let's think about this in terms of a, a scale from one to 10, because it'll be a little more practical. If, uh, if you're a 10, then you're somebody who never doubts God. You have no fear of the future, no worries, no anxieties. I mean, you are perfectly at peace. You sleep like a baby every single night. Of course, if that's you, please come and talk to me after the service. <laughs> On the other hand, you might be a one, somebody who's stressed out all the time, you just can't cope with your life, and of course, there's a lot of territory in between, isn't there? So think about this. Is it that you, you know, trust God a little bit of the time, you trust God some of the time, you trust God most of the time, and actually think, I'm a three, I'm a five, I'm a seven, whatever that number is, I want you to make a mental note of it, but do this, write it down. Now write it down on your outline, write it down in your Bible, because what I want to do is talk about how to move that number upward. And here's why that's so important. We know that God wants his children to trust him completely. And we know that's the kind of life that Jesus wants us to experience. And we know this, that kind of life is good for us because the stress that we experience from not trusting God is not good for us, physically, emotionally, or spiritually. 
And realize this, that everything that produces stress is not necessarily bad. You know, bad circumstances can produce stress. Good circumstances can also produce stress in our lives. For example, um, it's a wonderful thing to have a baby. It's a joyful thing. Can it increase your stress? Tell me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's say that your business grows. Can that produce stress? Yeah, because you have more to do, more to manage. If your church grows, same thing. It can produce stress. So we need to realize there's kind of a positive stress or a negative stress, but regardless of the source, we need to learn how to manage the stress in an effective way. This week I saw a survey taken by the American Psychological Association that dealt with the sources of stress in the lives of Americans. Now these are the top seven stressors, and I'm gonna read these. See how many of these apply to you right now. Are you ready? Here's number one. Job pressure, money, health, relationships, Poor nutrition, media overload, sleep deprivation. Now one of the things that really caught my eye in the study is the percentage of people who actually have physical problems, health problems related to stress, 77%. Three out of four Americans have stress-related health issues. And then it also said this, the percentage of people who feel that their stress has increased in the last five years, 48%, nearly half of us. Now we know that stress is a big deal, so we're going to address it by looking at what God says about it this morning. And let me do this. Um, if you've got your Bible study outline, would you flip it over? Because on the back is this devotional guide. It's there every week. And this week, as I was writing the devotional guide, I thought, you know what? This would be a great opportunity for people to memorize Psalm 23. So that's how it's laid out. You can learn a verse every single week. And at the end of the week, you'll have memorized this Psalm that you can use when you feel what? When you feel stressed out. Now this is one of the, the best loved, um, one of the best known parts of the entire Bible. It's been a source of comfort to people for thousands of years and it really is a model for how to deal with stress. So let's take a look at it. Let me ask you this, who wrote Psalm 23? David, he was a king in Israel. What did he do before he was king? He was a shepherd, so he knows what being a shepherd is all about, he knows what sheep are like. So we need to read it with that perspective, but this is how he begins. It says this, the Lord is my shepherd. I have everything I need. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his namesake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You, God, Prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You know, it's interesting, just reading that psalm can bring down our stress level because this is God's truth, and he wants it to penetrate our hearts today. So look at the big... Big question this morning, it's there on your outline. How can you reduce the stress in your life and improve your mental, spiritual, and physical health? And here's the first thing that we need to do. Trust God to provide everything you need to accomplish his purpose for your life. Trust God to provide everything you need to accomplish his purpose for your life. Verse one says this, the Lord is my shepherd, I have everything I need. Now one of the most significant sources of stress in our lives is worry. 
And the root cause of worry is believing that we're not going to have what we need to meet life's demands. I won't have the money that I need. I won't have the job that I need. I won't have the friends that I need. I won't have the wisdom that I need. I won't have the patience that I need. And the list goes on and on. And if you think you're not going to have what you need, you will worry. And that worry will cause stress. And the stress will have a negative effect physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Now, on the other hand, what would happen if you believed, really believed the opening verse of Psalm 23? The Lord is my shepherd. I have everything I need. What kind of emotion would be produced from that thought? Peace, exactly. And that reduces our stress. And this idea that, that God is a shepherd who provides everything his people need to accomplish his purpose is a thread that runs throughout the Bible. In fact, it holds the whole story of redemption together. And I'd like to take just a minute to walk you through this real quickly. If you go back to the Old Testament book of Ezekiel, this is in chapters 33 and 34, God is really angry. He's really ticked off because the shepherds of Israel, the religious leaders, they're not taking care of the sheep. They're looking out for themselves. And God says, you know what? I've about had enough of this. This is my paraphrase. I'm coming down there. And God does. And we know that. Because Jesus Christ is born as a baby in Bethlehem because now God has come to be our what? Shepherd. He's come to be our shepherd. And think about this. When Jesus begins his public ministry, it says in Matthew chapter 9 that he looks at the people who are coming to him and he feels this incredible compassion because they are like sheep without a shepherd. And then Jesus makes this dramatic statement in John 10. He says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Now this morning, I have a sheep that I want to introduce you to, and she's been waiting backstage for a while. Somebody asked me this morning, Pastor Dudley, where did you get this sheep? And there's an interesting story about that. Her name is Sally, by the way. I had to give her a name. And Sally's back here. And Sally actually appeared at our staff meeting on Thursday. I was talking about the message. Let me here, say hi there. Hi, Sally. Um, I was talking about the message this week, and it was going to be on Psalm 23, and, you know, the Lord is my shepherd. I have everything I need. And so someone on our staff found the sheep in storage and said, hey, does anybody need the sheep? I said, yeah, that would be me for my message. And I thought, isn't that like God? Just, he's a shepherd. He provides everything I need for my message today. And here's, here's my sheep. Now, here's something that you may not know about sheep. Sheep have absolutely no homing instinct. Now, we've probably all heard the stories about dogs and cats. You know, they get lost. You know, they travel hundreds of miles and find their way home. Sally can't do that. She has no homing instinct. If Sally gets lost, she will die unless somebody comes and finds her and rescues her. And you see, that is a picture of us. It's a picture of what God does for us. In the book of Isaiah, it says that all we like sheep have gone astray. We, you know, we, we decided we're not going to follow God. We're going to go our way, and the Bible has a word for this, the word is sin, which is simply a failure to love God and to love other people. We just want to do what we want to do. And think about the word sin. What's the letter in the middle of sin? I. What I want, what I want to do with my life. Now, the Bible's clear that our sin separates us from God because God's holy and we're not. And the Bible also says that because God is just, he has to punish every sin we've ever committed. And that just punishment is to die and to be separated from God forever. And here's the kicker. We can't save ourselves. There's nothing we can do to rescue ourselves and make our relationship with God right. And that's why we really are like sheep. 
We need somebody who's gonna come and search for us and save us. And that's the good news, isn't it? That Jesus is willing to do that? That Jesus Christ, the second person of the Trinity, leaves his home in heaven and steps out across the stars and he comes as a human being, fully God, fully man. And then he does something that no sheep, no person has ever been able to do. He lives a perfect life. And that uniquely qualifies him to offer his life in exchange for ours. And that's what Jesus voluntarily does. He goes to a cross. And on that cross, God is willing to take our sin and punish Jesus in our place. And God is willing to pour out the punishment that we deserved on his son. And Jesus dies, but he doesn't stay dead. Jesus, who in scripture is called the Lion of Judah, I love that phrase, he roars back to life. And as the Lion of Judah, he says, hey, come follow me and I will give you a brand new life. But church, this is really important. This new life that Jesus offers us is not just about Jesus and me. It's about Jesus and we. And this is so important. When you become a Christian, you are born into God's family. You are now a citizen of God's kingdom. You don't live life on your own, and you don't just live life with you and Jesus. You have a family now, and here's why that is so important when it comes to dealing with stress. Remember we said that one of the chief causes of stress is worry, and the foundation of worry is I'm not gonna have what I need. So who do you typically depend on for what you need? Yourself. I remember when I was a kid, my dad would, would tell me many times, son, you gotta learn to take care of yourself. You cannot depend on other people because other people will let you down. And so I had this kind of thinking and I, you know, I got married and we started having a family and I thought, man, I've got to take care of my family and I gotta, I, I, it's up to me. I've got to, you know, what kind of emotion does that kind of thinking produce? Stress, a lot of stress. And then I remember reading the Bible got to Acts chapter 2, and I'm reading about these Christians, these followers of Jesus, and man, it says that they're taking care of each other, that there was no needy person among them. They, they would give food or clothing or shelter. If somebody needed encouragement or friendship, they would provide that, and I thought, now that's the kind of life that Jesus offers us, and really, when you think about it, that's the life that's being described here. The Lord is my shepherd, I have everything I need. Well, how does the shepherd provide everything I need? Well, through Jesus, but also through Jesus' people. Last night, my wife Chris and I went to the hospital to visit one of our elders, um, Steve Whitcomb, and I asked Steve if I could share this, and he said, yeah, that'd be great. But Steve's been in the hospital all week, and he was telling us that uh, in the middle of the week, he had people come and visit him from 11 o'clock till 6.30. And I thought, Steve... If that was me, <laughs> that would wear me out. But Steve is really irrepressible and he was feeling well that day. And he said, you know, Dudley, the truth is that encouraged me so much to have people come and pray with me and talk with me and tell me stories. And I thought, you know what? God knew exactly what Steve needed. So how did God provide that? Through his church family. Through you guys. And here's something else. There was a family in our church recently that, that had a need for some repairs on their home and you know when that's the case you can feel pretty stressed out about that and so on a Saturday morning 12 men from our church showed up at their house and did all the repairs left by about two o'clock so what happened to their stress yeah it was greatly reduced because God used his people to provide for his people and listen as your pastor as your shepherd 
I see that happening in our church family all the time and I've got to tell you, I'm so encouraged by that and I'm so proud of you. I really am. And I just wanna encourage you to keep it up because that's what the Bible is talking about. When you say, you know, the Lord is my shepherd, I have everything I need, well, how will God provide that? Well, Jesus can provide that directly, but he also provides through the love and generosity of his people. And when you believe that, when you experience that, what does it do to your stress? It really reduces your stress. Now, here is another, another way that you can reduce stress. Number two on your outline, follow God's instructions about rest, about rest. Verse two says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. Now, here's something that I need to tell you about Sally um, this morning. Um, Sally is not smart enough to know when she needs to rest, and so the shepherd has to make her lie down. Sally, it's a sad truth. <laughs> now, think about little kids. Little kids, um, sometimes they get really, really exhausted, but they don't want to stop, and they keep going, and they don't know that they need to rest. So what do parents have to do? They have to make them lie down. You need a nap. You need to go to bed. Now, as adults, we're way too mature to have anybody, you know, tell us that. But here's what I want you to see. In the Bible, God gives his people 10 commands, and here's one that made his top 10 list. Take some time off called a Sabbath rest. And this is what it says in the Bible. Six days are set aside for work, but every seventh day you must rest completely. Even, notice this, during your seasons of plowing and harvesting, you must observe a Sabbath day of rest. Now this is a challenging command for many of us, myself included. And I, I noticed something this week that I thought was really interesting. God is telling Israel, listen, I know that certain times of the year you are really, really busy, like when you're plowing and harvesting, but even then, take a day off. You know, you may be somebody who's an accountant and you think, you know, once I get past tax season, I'll take some time off. Or maybe you have a business and you think to yourself, when I get past the holidays and it slows down, I'll take some time off. But here's what God is saying. Take some time off now because you need some rest. We know that the rest is good for us, but there are so many demands on our time and our energy. I was thinking about this that some of you, maybe many of you will go home after church today and you'll do some work to catch up on what you didn't finish last week, or you'll do some work to get a head start on this next week, and I get that. But God says you need rest for your body, you need rest for your soul, and think about this. When you get some really, really good rest, like a really good night's sleep, doesn't that change your perspective on everything? And so if you wanna reduce your stress level, follow God's instructions about rest. Now here's a third thing. Recharge your soul by enjoying God's creation. Recharge your soul by enjoying God's creation. Verses two and three describe this really beautiful scene, green pastures, quiet waters. And here's what I want you to see. Spending time enjoying God's creation is really good for you. It's good for you physically, emotionally, and spiritually. This past summer, my wife Chris and I had the privilege of going to Wyoming and visiting Yellowstone National Park. It was spectacularly beautiful and it was restful just driving around and drinking in the beauty there I actually wanted to show you a couple of pictures that we took when we were in Wyoming because when I look at these pictures my blood pressure just goes down um, this is a, a part of the, the Grand Canyon that's in the park just some really beautiful places and I want to encourage you to do this as you go through your week get outside 
Notice God's creation. You can do that when you're in your car. Somebody was telling me this morning that she goes over this, this hill and she sees the sunrise and every morning is new. And here's the thing, when you are looking at God's creation, it reminds you about God, that God's this incredible artist, that he has this incredible power, that he is a designer and he's designed your life and he will care for you. And those thoughts about God when you're in creation will reduce your what? Your stress. Now here's another way to reduce your stress. Allow God to guide you. Allow God to guide you. Now here's something else you need to know about Sally. Sally is susceptible to peer pressure. She really is, right Sally? Okay. If a sheep goes over a cliff, what'll happen to the rest of the sheep? Yeah, they're just gonna all fall right over the cliff. I mean, you don't have a situation where um, you know, one sheep says to the other, hey, hey, Sally just disappeared over that hill. Maybe we should stop and consider what that means for us. <laughs> no, they just go over the cliff and on the way down they say, that was a really bad idea. Okay, let me, let me ask you this. Have you ever followed an, another sheep off the cliff? When you look at verse three, it says that our shepherd guides us along what kind of paths? What does it say? What kind of paths? Right paths. And here's how you can tell that you're on the right path. Are you trusting the shepherd? And are you obeying the shepherd? Because if you are, you're on the right path. And I've experienced this, I know this is true for so many of us. When we get off the right path, when we're on the wrong path, what happens to our peace? It's gone. What happens to our stress level? It skyrockets. And here's something else, you know, it's good to be on the right path, but then you come to a fork in the road and you go, oh man, I wanna really stay on the path that God wants me to travel, but I'm not sure where to go here. What do you do? You ask God to guide you, because he wants to. And that's what this psalm says, that God guides me along right paths. So ask God for his guidance in your life. And that guidance comes from his word, it comes from other people, it comes from his spirit. But ask God to guide you, because that will reduce your stress. And here's another way to reduce stress. Depend on God in the dark valleys. Depend on God in the dark valleys. Verse 4 says, even though I walk through the darkest valley... One translation says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are, you're with me, God. You're always with me. This is an interesting characteristic of Hebrew poetry. Often you find the main idea of the poem in the middle of the poem. And if that was the intent of King David in writing this, getting the main idea in the middle of the poem is right here, that God is always with you, even in the darkest of valleys. I remember hearing Pastor Steve Brown say something that just stuck with me. He was talking to a group of young prospective pastors and he was talking about our emotions and how so often when we're up emotionally, we feel like we're always gonna be up. And conversely, when we're down, when we're discouraged, when we're depressed, we feel like I'm always gonna be down, I'm always gonna be in the valley. And maybe this morning you're up Maybe you're in the middle. Maybe you're walking through a valley. Maybe it's a deep valley, a dark one. And maybe this is a valley that you've been in before or maybe it's brand new for you. And maybe that valley has to do with your emotions. You are feeling discouraged. You are feeling depressed and maybe even hopeless. Or maybe that, that valley is because of fear in your heart, the fear about what the future holds, fear about a, 
a broken relationship, your finances, your family, whatever it happens to be, but this is what God, your shepherd, wants you to know. I'm with you, and I'm not going anywhere. And believing that will reduce your stress and put you on the pathway to God's peace. What do you do when you walk through the valley? You remember that God is with you. And because God is with you, you can turn to him and talk to him. And that's why prayer is one of the very best things you can do to combat stress because in prayer, you're reminded that you're not alone, that God is your good, good father who never gives up on his children, who's always there for his children. And here's another way to reduce stress. Remember that God is your protector. Remember that God is your protector. Psalm 23 says this about our shepherd, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. So how does a shepherd protect his sheep? Well, there's this big stick that shepherds typically carry and on one end it's kind of straight and stout and so, you know, if a wolf comes up, the shepherd can swing that stick and smack the wolf and protect the sheep because they don't have much natural protection. Or, or the shepherd can take the other end of the curved end and reach down and, and pick up the sheep that's maybe, you know, off the path and gently put them back on the right path. But here's something really fascinating. It says in verse five, you anoint my head with oil. I remember reading a an article written by a guy who is a shepherd about something that shepherds do. They actually have this special oil that they take and they rub it all over the sheep's face. And it's to protect the sheep. And here's why. Sheep have this propensity to stick their noses where they don't belong. We really are like sheep, aren't we? And, and here's what can happen. If they stick their nose like in a, a crevice in a rock, they can be bitten by snakes. And so this special oil that the shepherd puts on their face is to protect them from snake bite. It's like snake repellent. So isn't that fascinating? That, that a good shepherd is serious about protecting the sheep, but so is God. God is serious about protecting us, his sheep. Now, how does God do that? Well, that could be a, a separate message or two, but let me just give you one central idea. One of the best ways, one of the most important ways that God protects you and me is through his truth. Think about this. We are surrounded by lies every single day. They're the lies we tell ourselves, the lies that other people tell us, the lies that we get through media, through our culture, and we have this supernatural enemy who goes by a lot of names in Scripture, uh, the devil, Satan, the evil one. Jesus says he is the father of what? He's a father of lies, and believing the lies of the enemy creates stress in our lives. For example, when you believe the lie that you're alone, that nobody cares there's no way I can ever change. There's no way I'll ever get out of this dark valley. What does that do? It produces stress. But God's truth, found in God's word, protects us from these lies. And so church, here's something that I wanna share with you this morning that I think is, is critical in the life of a Christian. Are you ready? Preach the gospel to yourself. Preach the gospel to yourself. Now, let me explain that because this is an incredibly powerful truth. First of all, what does the word gospel mean? Good news. Good news about who? Okay, good news about Jesus. So what does that mean? Preach the gospel to myself and how does that reduce stress? Well, here's what you can do. When you wake up in the morning, you look in the mirror, you say to yourself, you know what? Because I'm a follower of Jesus Christ, I have a new record. I don't have to carry around this guilt for what I did yesterday or the day before that, or 10 years ago, I'm guilt-free in the eyes of God. 
I don't have to carry around this shame. I don't have to live with regret because I am completely forgiven. When you really believe that, when you preach that truth to yourself, what does it do to your stress? It dramatically reduces your stress. And how about this idea? When you look in the mirror, you can say, you know what, I not only have a new record, I have a new identity. I'm not the person I used to be. The Bible says that if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. I am now God's son, God's daughter. I'm part of the family of God. I'm a really valuable sheep because Jesus died for me. And that changes everything. Now, here's something else. When you look in the mirror, you can say, I've got a new record. I've got a new identity. I've got a new potential. You know, before I would say, it's too hard. I'm just an angry person. I can't overcome this anger. I can't overcome this anxiety. I can't break free from this addiction. Really? Is that the truth of the gospel? No, it's not. Because the Apostle Paul, a follower of Jesus, says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me what? Strength. We sang the song, Stronger. Jesus is stronger than our sin. And here's the truth of the gospel that we need to preach to ourselves. When I'm a Christian, Jesus Christ lives in me. And because of that, I can now do things that were never possible before. And listen, if you preach that truth to yourself, that protects you from the lies that you tell yourself, that I tell myself, that other people tell us. And you think about this, R-I-P. What does that mean on a tombstone, R-I-P? Rest in peace. You know why I can rest in peace? Think about this. I have a new record. I have a new identity. And I have a new potential. So preach the gospel, the R-I-P of the gospel to yourself so you can do what? So you can rest in peace. Now there's just one more thing I want to share with you this morning. It's number seven. The last strategy. Expect God to complete his work in your life. And this is huge. Verse six says, surely your goodness and love will follow me. One translation says, will pursue me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord for how long? Forever and ever. And it just never ends. As I close this morning, I wanted to share a a personal story with you that uh, in, in some way explains why I am so passionate about Psalm 23 because I know that Psalm 23 is true quite a number of years ago um, I was a sheep wandering away from God and it wasn't that I didn't know the right path I did I just chose to go my own way and it was not going well Uh, to be completely honest my life was starting to unravel I'd been through some really painful experiences and I began to doubt God. I began to doubt his goodness, that he loved me, that he was in control of my life. I'd learned those things growing up, but I wasn't sure of what I believed anymore. And looking back, I know now that I was just going through a a classic crisis of faith. And if you were to ask me um, the question I asked you this morning, hey, what's your faith number? How much are you trusting God? Man, it would have been really, really low. And I remember something so clearly. I was sitting in a van with a friend of mine. We had been at a party, and it was really, really late. It was, you know, early in the morning at that point. And we were talking about life and how hard it was and how stressful it was. And I turned to my friend, and I said, listen, I'm going to do something right now, 
and I need you to be my witness. And he looked at me and said, what are you gonna do? I said, I'm gonna pray. Now, <laughs> you have to understand my friend was not a guy who went to church and he said, that's kind of weird. Why do you need a witness? And I said, because I'm gonna pray and I need somebody to be a witness just in case God answers. And he said, okay, go ahead. And I remember sitting in the passenger seat and I had my head up and my eyes wide open. And this is essentially what I said to God. God, I've spent my life hearing that you love me, that you're there for me, that you care about me. Um, but I don't know what's true anymore. And so God, if you really love me, if you really care about me, if you really want to save me, then here's the deal. Come get me. Because God, if you don't, I'm running from you as far and as fast as I possibly can. Amen. My friend said, well, how long is it going to take to get an answer? <laughs> I said, man, I don't know the answer to that question. But in hindsight, it didn't take that long because a few days later, I got an answer. And maybe the best way to characterize that answer is, is this way. If you saw the movie Forrest Gump, um, Lieutenant Dan has what you might call a crisis of faith and he has his encounter with God and here's how he describes that. God showed up. That's what I experienced. God showed up in an amazing and powerful way and, and church, I know that the words of Psalm 23 are true because God pursued me and he found me and he rescued me and he brought me back home. And I know this, he'll always pursue me. He'll always love me, no matter what. And I know what Jesus says about his sheep is true because it applies to me as a sheep. Jesus says, I give them eternal life and they will never perish and no one, no one will ever snatch them out of my hands. So I have a question for you this morning. Are you in good hands? Are you in the shepherd's hands? Because if you are, thank God for loving you and pursuing you and never giving up on you. And listen, if you're not in the shepherd's hands, if you've never made a decision to follow Jesus, you can do that today. And when you do, the words of Psalm 23 will be true for you. The Lord is my shepherd. I have everything I need. Let's pray. Father, thank you that those words are true. And God, I know that because that's the story of my life, God, the story of your faithfulness. And I know that, God, for so many people here, they would echo that, that same story, that, that same experience that you pursued us and you found us and you rescued us. God, thank you. And Lord, would you please do this? Help us to trust you more. God, help us to get to know you better so we can trust you more. God, if somebody today is walking through that, that dark valley, would you please remind them right now, God, that you're here, that you're with them, that you're for them, that you'll never let them go. And God, for the person who maybe this morning, as they've heard this message, realizes, you know, I've never really made a decision to follow Jesus. If that's you, you can just... In your own words, talk to God and say, God, I want to follow Jesus. I want this peace in my life. God, I'm sorry for my sin. I believe Jesus died to pay for my sin and he came back to life and God, I, I desperately need a new life. You just tell God that. 
And I know this, I can promise you this on the authority of God's word. God will run to meet you and God will run to rescue you because he's faithful. And God, this morning, um, we just wanna say thank you. Thank you so much for loving us, for never giving up on us. And Lord, help us to take this incredible truth and take it into our schools and our neighborhoods and our offices and into this community so that people will know you and love you and trust you with their lives. And God, as we sing this last song, I pray that it would be this this testimony to our belief that you are the God who is with us and you're the God who is for us no matter what. For we pray in Jesus' name, amen.